Hello and welcome to IEEE Soft Robotics Podcast. In this podcast, we are going to interview researchers from Pulse Academia and Industry about their work, thoughts, spectrum, and more beyond that. This is Marwa Edwini, and I hope you will find this podcast useful. If you would like to connect with us, simply send us, and we will be happy to hear from you. And here is my interview. Thanks. Hello, hello, and welcome to IEEE Soft Robotics Podcast. Could you please introduce yourself? Yes, thanks for inviting me, Marwa. My name is Rahim Mutlu. I am one of the lecturers in uh, biomedical engineering at the University of Bolongong. And uh, any technological developments interest me that I can help enhancing human life with my particular research interests, you know, can be highlighted under variable robotics, soft robotics. And we are developing some uh, robots that utilize the soft robotics principles in our research group, which is applied mechatronics and biomedical engineering research group at UW, mm-hmm. as well as I'm part of um, ACES, ARC Center of Excellence for Electromaterial Science in soft robotic group, which led by Gersolalti on development of soft robotic prosthetics, which we have quite a large umbrella level of um, research products that we are working on presently. Mm-hmm, great. So I would like to ask you, what's the first robot you built? Uh, you went okay. to Finland. I think I think um, I cannot recall the first robot which I built. Uh, however, I would like to answer this question in a way that we are building robots and robotic devices almost every day with our students in our Ember group, with an ACES uh, research team using additive manufacturing techniques, especially which is our well, one of the primary tools that we use to fabricate uh, any soft robots and other other uh, sub robotic parts and components which enable us towards all-in-one uh, manufacturing concepts. Mm-hmm. This vibrant you know, uh, working environment that I work inspires me to come to work every day to see what challenge we should tackle daily to build these robots that not only repeat, you know, do repetitive tasks as you know, any, any uh, robot is expected to deliver, but also in general to help our society to solve you know, their problems. Is there any global mm-hmm. challenge problem that we can identify and tackle those sub-problems daily. Mm-hmm, great. So I would like to ask you what really interesting point of research and soft robotics you are interested in. Okay, like my interest uh, points is again uh, soft robotics and what I'm trying to do is actually work on the soft robotics which can, which can be targeted variable applications. So it can be a soft actuator, it can be a soft robot that can work as a monolithic structure which mm-hmm. also incorporates sensing. So with these um, research projects that I mentioned involved uh, in particularly with soft robotic prosthetic and project, that we are working structure that works as a, as a, as a um, actuator mm-hmm. as well as works as a sensing component. Mm-hmm. Once we once we develop the materials that requires these functionalities that we are expecting, then we can we can easily manufacture the required um, structural um, concepts as well as we can realize their uh, sensing uh, components. Mm-hmm. Right. So let me ask you how how you would define robotics from your experience and what could be the most important questions that should be considered and haven't been considered yet. Sure. 
I think there are uh, many definitions and descriptions can be found all over the Richard literature and all over the media. But to me, the soft robotics is, you know, we can uh, call it as a subfield in robotics mm-hmm. that brings expertise from various disciplines to realize robots that can adopt to their environment, you know, mm-hmm. change form, shape, color, their engineered materials, which can serve either structural, sensing, actuation subsystems. You know, in other words, like uh, maybe soft robotics is uh, can be called like interdisciplinary robotic field, mm-hmm. not multidisciplinary. I need to highlight this interdisciplinary because yeah. it's not like uh, we used to work um, on the robotic projects that in the past, these mm-hmm. soft robots that are inspired, particularly inspired from the nature that can deliver very biomimicking behaviors, you know, mm-hmm. they are deforming as a, as a whole body. They are conforming their body to the, to the objects they grasp or to the environments that, uh, that are not planned. Mm-hmm. So re- rather than part planning their motions, they adopt their body to the environment that mm-hmm. provide, you know, that provide uh, lots of opportunities to develop such system, especially for safer human machine interfaces, yeah. because as we know, industrial robots that are quite risky and working um, carriages, uh, working in a in a in a um, safe environments that can human that human are not allowed to enter in mm-hmm. their working uh, space. So soft robots are can be. Um, um, you know, is the, is the field, is the new field, I should say, is the new subfield in robotics that can deliver that safer human machine interface. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, coming to the, uh, what are the most important questions uh, should be considered? Mm-hmm. Of course, there are m- lots of con- uh, questions con- considered in any emerging fields. Mm-hmm. Soft, robot- soft robotics is also, you know, not an exception, especially, you know, we need to think about the design criteria, in my opinion. Yeah. And if working on these design criteria and standardizing uh, mm-hmm. methods uh, can be one. Tools to sim- simulate before fabrication can be another one. Another uh, challenge, another question can be considered. We are still using fine element techniques, modeling mm-hmm. techniques, which are fine to predict you know, perfectly yeah. the behavior of soft robots that we de- uh, develop in our labs. However, you know, imagine you have developed a smart material mm-hmm. that can be actuated electrically, magnetically, or yeah. it can be um, actuated in different form of energy, then how we will predict their behavior? This is now challenge. I think tools which should incorporate that multidisciplinary mm-hmm. uh, knowledge into the, into the simulation tools that mm. can easily be simulated before we do the fabrication. That's the most important challenge, in my opinion. Yeah. And and um, I can recall that my PhD was on electroactive polymer yeah. actuators as soft robotic systems, mm-hmm. where I had to combine several methods to model, you know, such actuators to to design uh, little soft robotic applications. Mm-hmm. And there are many important questions in any emerging field, as I as I mentioned. Yeah. yeah. So ethic, ethical questions uh, should be also included depending on the anticipated outcomes mm-hmm. of the soft robots.
yeah. you know, what are the implications of these soft robots after we built, what's going to happen? So mm-hmm. we need to engage with, with public, we need to engage with the users, end users, before we start even, before at the beginning of the design. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think I think the game is changing. I think I think there are uh, lots of questions like these are already been raised and being raised. Um, new questions are emerging. So that's why I think soft robotics field is one of the best fields that uh, that that is quite popular because bringing everyone from different fields yeah. into the same same area, same projects. Yeah, actually, this excellent point you highlighted about the simulation and that's not incorporates uh, non-linear of smart material. And I think this kind of a struggle we have because especially for smart material, which is anisotropic material, and when you try to simulate with material that doesn't predict this linearities or just designed for linear system. And I think this yeah. really serious issue because I think it also ends up in publishing uh, some articles, which is really doesn't address this issue. And I think, I don't know if you agree with that, there is no highlighting more about modeling, because you highlight important item about design criteria. Because I think if it's, uh, it's I think you are expert modeling, and that's why it's about understanding the material, so that we can design and have a design recipe. But, exactly. But do you agree that there is enough room for that? Because I think, I don't know if you agree with that, not much focus has been highlighted in this point because we have to yeah to me to me um, you know not specifically the focus on the soft robotics but uh, to me is everything is based on demand supply so what mm. I mean by that is if there is a requirement if there is a need from from society or industry then then depending on the uh, level of demand, and supply emerges. So assume that soft robotics is a desired uh, mm. field that addresses most of the issues, mm-hmm. as, 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 can, as can be you know, uh, an education uh, robot mm. that can deliver some, some, uh, some training to you know, early, early age child, or it can be um, a human machine interface. Yeah. And, or a biomedical device that you don't wear, a, you know, conventional robotic devices that are clanky and heavy, and you know, make sound, lots of noise, and it it just you know, there are lots of acceptance issues raised with these conventional mm-hmm. robots. Imagine that a soft robot you wear, it's like pants or t-shirt that yeah. delivers whatever the rehabilitation you require. And it, at the same time, it measures your biopotentials, mm-hmm. whatever um, the metrics required that can deliver feedback in real time back to you. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's it, again, coming back to the question, you know, trying to wrap up. So yes, there is a bit of demand in this area. But I think demand will increase very soon when once people or people in other fields or society realize that oh, soft robotics can deliver lots of solutions that we couldn't answer using conventional methods. Mm-hmm. All right, now these demands should see some supply. Yeah. This is again we 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 see lots of lots of literature work. We see lots of literature work around the world that focuses on modeling mm. of soft robots. And there are also also 
there are already some tools available emerging but but in a low level mm-hmm. but i mean these finite element softwares they are yeah. all algorithms which are based on mathematics as we know mm-hmm. based on the theories yeah. that we all teach in undergraduate or postgraduate levels mm-hmm. these are only only the theories implemented in the in this in a package of software yeah that's the only question now whether whether the people who is in charge of or who is who wants to invest in these programming or software packages or tools they want to develop this is the right 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 place i suppose to yeah. invest and to grow and to build uh, such tools mm-hmm. So I'm just also to ask you, since you have this experience, smart material, do you think we really understand how the materials behave and expect their behavior properly? And the other side that sometimes in August say that sometimes the controller destroy the natural dynamics of the material. And that's because we use conventional control techniques. So which extent did you agree with that? I think we still don't understand most of the part of the materials mm-hmm. so um, the problem with that is with conventional engineering we take the conventional materials we take the materials develop and we look at what we can do with that mm-hmm. or very similar way we have our applications we have our design criteria and we look for materials available to fulfill that design criteria Mm. But now coming to seeing that we have smart materials which can deliver you know, brilliant uh, outcomes, brilliant uh, features and mm-hmm. properties, and now we are not able to control these features. Mm-hmm. For, as, you, as you said, we are applying mm-hmm. conventional control theories, try to address, try to uh, control the behavior of these uh, systems or incorporate them as, as a sensing element. Mm-hmm. For instance, there are lots of, of the sensing uh, applications, so sensor applications, that we are trying to explain with the theories that rely on strain sensing, that mm-hmm. relies on pressure sensing, but in effect that in a fundamental level, we are still unable to um, deliver that answer what is happening inside mm. the material. So with ACS, ARC Central Excellence Electromaterial Science, yeah. our colleagues working on materials from all the way down to nano, micro, all the way up to macro applications. So we are trying to understand now mm-hmm. what is happening inside that material, then what we can uh, achieve what we can deliver with those material uh, fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting point. So I would like to ask you what you think the most misconceptions about of robotics and something you really concerning for you. Um, the biggest misconception about of robotics, I believe it's a, it's kind of a brand new area in robotics, mm-hmm. which is another form of, uh, my opinion is a bio-inspired robotics that bringing more importance to some of the features of robots. One of them is conformable robots, for instance, you know, whole body grasping, mm-hmm. either structure or, or set sensors that are stretchable. Now, it's not flexible anymore. The sensors are stretchable. 
that can that can be uh, easily uh, worn or that can be easily put on a on a human body and uh, be able to conform to the body or any environment that they they need to fulfill their task another misconception might be is that soft robots are considered uh, as soft devices which mimic their biological counterparts such as like mostly studied uh, snake like uh, soft robots elephant trunk caterpillar even fish and so on mm-hmm. to me the soft robotics can be applied in any area in robotics use of elastomeric materials for many applications are well known however soft robotics is now exploiting material science to engineer robotic applications in minimal fields mm-hmm. so they are not that soft it depends on the applications it depends on the expectations i suppose yeah we can with we can deliver outcomes yeah yeah so what could be the basic technological roadblocks for soft robotics from your expectation um there may be uh, many technological uh, roadblocks that can be discussed however um technologically active or smart materials again uh, should be developed which can serve as a base material what i mean by that is imagine you are developing a material that can serve as a structural material to you that can be tailored for a for your structure of the robot as well as as well as it can be uh, actuated part as well as it can serve as a sensory uh, system in your soft robot we are working on such monolithic morphology that brings everything to be uh, in a in a in a level that we can fabricate in one step having the structure actuation and sensing of course if you want to talk about control and bringing intelligence to the to the system mm-hmm. we are still we are still not there but this brings mind that at the manufacturing which allows printing multi-material printing fabrication however you know as we know there are uh, very limited of material beside they are, they are highly costly mm-hmm. and they cannot be uh, served most of them uh, i suppose cannot serve for many uh, soft robotic applications mm-hmm. yeah so concerning intelligence how you would define intelligence in general for a robotics perspective and soft robotics as well i think i can answer this question in two directions Mm-hmm. Let's put it intelligence in the material, in the structure, or in the actuator, or in the sensor itself, which comes back to the material again, mm-hmm. which is the main part. Yeah. Then the second part can be, as we all you know, uh, assume as a as a control part, as as the intelligence part that is deciding what to do, how to do, and when to do. So uh, coming to the first part, which is intelligence in uh, in the materials, which can be smart and programmed materials, such as you know shape memory uh, mm-hmm. materials or uh, alloys or polymers or artificial muscles yeah. in general, which can provide you know required mechanical output for given stimulus, mm-hmm. or they can provide meaningful data when mechanical input is present as sensing concepts. Mm-hmm. 
And yes, there are many smart or intelligent materials, we might call it, call them, um, exist. However, to, to fulfill the robotic or soft robotic applications, which we want is, I'm sure, most of the uh, roboticists, um, they, they are looking for features that will have low response time. So yeah. we can we can have a hydrogen actuator that can uh, deliver some level of force or mm-hmm. form uh, form change, volume change, even color change. But the thing is, we need to do this in a very uh, very small amount of time. Yeah. So the second part of the intelligence, uh, if you want to take it forward as overall intelligence, uh, whether overall robot can make some decisions, for instance, such as, you know, as uh, another highly researched field, as you know, with artificial intelligence in any robotic applications, not only soft robotics, but mm-hmm. we are not yet there. But I assume this is also another direction that technology is growing with large desire to get robots to make their own decisions, right? Yeah. I cannot make, I cannot think myself a helping or service uh, soft robot at home and arguing with me whether I should eat that piece of chocolate trying to help me to keep my health diet, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we, will, we, will, we will see. I'm sure we will see very soon there are already uh, many applications uh, in embedding, integrating these artificial intelligence in, yeah. in, a, in a overall control sense. And uh, how do you see it's like contributing and design, like uh, how we can have a design to be using AI? But I think here here's a question about most of AI algorithm design is like a black box and you don't have to really understand what is happening in the system. And when we come to materials, sometimes it's, as you said, low response time in like hydrogel or any conductive polymer. And, and that's an issue like, is it the geometry, you have to optimize the geometry in a certain way or sickness and, and this issue. So how do you see this uh, two approaches can be incorporated for design recipe? So um, to this aim, again, I think if, uh, if, I, if I try to um, uh, explain in a, in a more effective way that it's it's the expertise coming together. Mm-hmm. It's the multidisciplinary area that yeah. we should contribute as 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 open as possible. Because that's another thing is communication issues. Because as you know, if you if you uh, start talking about uh, multidisciplinary or interdisciplinary research, that a mechanical engineer or computer uh, science or programmer or even psychologists, as you, a medical doctor, we all talk different language. Then how mm. to deliver the best effective outcome is important how we communicate it. Mm-hmm. I assume um, this can this can be done with uh, with more uh, with more uh, focus on the communication. Yeah, yeah. So, do you think emotion can be integrated in smart materials one day? Um, to this sense, um, I mean, if you, if you mean emotions of the soft robot developed, uh, that is ongoing in a 
desire along with artificial intelligence research robots are designed in a way to mimic you know biological counterparts as we see all these android robots so they can mimic one day they are they are uh, at the current technology they are quite mimicking the face of a of a human mimics but um as i'd like to raise a point here that um to communicate to communicate as we know only 7% of the communication is verbal 93% is nonverbal communication which is shared between body language mm-hmm. and the tone of our, our voice so imagine a robot mimicking perfectly however our face and uh, face muscles take the form mm-hmm. it can mimic exactly one to one to one one to one uh, in a physical uh, sense but the thing is the voice of tone is important mm-hmm. the emotions coming from the brain is more important mm-hmm. that that is most of the part of the body language mm-hmm. but to me to me there is huge way to go you know uh, reach there as a, as a, as a, as having a robot um, replicating or integrating uh, emotions and r- real emotions to a human because we can replicate it at the same time now we because emotions come from intelligence yeah. otherwise those robots can be best actors and actresses right <laughs> yeah. yeah so i would like to ask you what is the current challenges uh, that you want to solve in your research um my current uh, research focus besides researching on the uh, other soft robotics area is on soft optics actually because as i mentioned the uh, human machine interface which is quite a uh, quite a good candidates as soft robots to this area to develop soft optics so we are developing soft robotic devices that can provide biofeedback in real time to our rehabilitation robots that we develop in our amber group here at UOW mm-hmm. imagine you have a you imagine you have a stroke patient having difficulty not only controlling their muscle activation but also lack of sensing in their proprioceptive sensory system so our soft optic device can support their sensation during rehabilitation which will certainly enhance uh, their rehabilitation procedure so such system can easily be extended to other applications to any variable devices which can help for prevention for elderly people these patients that uh, are also um, having uh, either any disease or either due to the uh, age older age these are another another challenges to uh, keep elderly more active Mm-hmm. In some way, I would I would like to see you know robots that can be wearable, which can which can be achieved using uh, soft robotics principles. Mm-hmm. Great. So, what could be limitation of this project, if it's already? I think the limitation comes back to, uh, in my opinion, to communication, mm-hmm. finding the right people, finding like-minded people. Because I'd like to raise a point here is that uh, in projects, people not people are not important, but the ideas are important. So if I can solve a problem of someone else out there, or if I can solve a problem that can 
uh, soil for the community mm-hmm. that is wait, waiting for a long time. That's my day. That's my year. That's my life. Yeah, that's a good point. I agree. So, thank you. What do you think the most promising projects have been done so far? Has been done so far by other social groups of robotics? I mean, there are there are lots of lots of projects. Yeah, just big three. Yeah, yeah. I don't I, I don't want to you know point out this okay. project is either better or the other one is better. It, all of the projects they are serving for their targeted applications. I think they are all the, all the best. Okay, that's the <laughs> answer. <laughs> but I may be a little biased here that uh, I can say ACES soft robotic prosthetic hand project is one of the most interesting okay. projects that I am, at least I am involved, I should say. Okay, let's put it this way. The yeah. project that I am involved is one of the most interesting one, important one in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because we are trying to tackling, uh, try to tackle the problem of uh, smart materials and manufacturing techniques. So the issues that I mentioned associated with current prosthetic ends uh, that can be overcome, which is like current prosthetic ends uh, quite costly, heavy, noisy, not compliant, and there are many other accepting issues. We are trying to tackle this as a as a whole overall monolithic system that we can deliver all at once. Mm-hmm. Develop uh, develop such platform as a, as a prosthetic device that can that can work very compliantly and make people out there happier one yeah. day hopefully cool so i would like to ask you how do you see the progress of soft robotics in the last 10 years um to me um is is there is there is there is a bit i think uh, a slow down I think uh, initially there was a quite uh, uh, after soft robotics emerged. I mean, as 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 I mentioned, it's it's just another form of yeah. uh, robotics that we are now um, tackling problems in a in an interdisciplinary uh, form. Mm-hmm. But now it seems like it just uh, slowed down a little bit and. To me, is the reason. The, the, maybe uh, if I want to put it that in a way that the reason is because we are forgetting the primary goal here. So yes, I can mimic a snake. Yes, I can mimic maybe an elephant trunk. Yes, I can mimic um, a worm. But the thing is how these applications or robotic uh, studies will help something. Yes, it can be a, a robot that can uh, conform itself to unplanned terrains. Mm-hmm. Yes, but speed is important. Mobile, mobility is important. Power is important. Having smart materials mm-hmm. that can sense the environment and provide some uh, data or some measurements from the environment mm-hmm. from, a, from a distance important but the thing is I think we are forgetting uh, the the most important part is I will, I will come back to that design criteria yeah. what is the what is the expected outcome the, the ultimate goal here because if you don't have an ultimate goal at the end of the day mm-hmm. yes we, we will develop lots of things 
But the thing is, with an ultimate goal, that we can achieve better things. We can resolve uh, problems that are globally important. Mm-hmm. That's that's why I think why we are working on ACES soft robotic hand project. Yeah. And that's why we are working on rehabilitation robots. That's why we are working on assistive wearable robots. Mm-hmm. That one day, one day, a stroke patient or neurological di- um, disorder person or elderly people who loses their functionality, we can we can provide the functionality back to the back to younger ages. Imagine mm-hmm. one day you have some difficulty walking, and easily you can wear it as you know pair of pants that will deliver whatever the required power you need, whatever the muscle force you need. Mm-hmm. I think this is a very important point again because I, I, I think that's a core core point. But I let me ask you why this like issue is happening. It's like why of course there is a lot of effort in that, but still we need more in that as you said. But why is issues happening? Is this due to like publication? Because I think one of the issues that is to we have to publish here as soon as you can. And sometimes we have an issue like reproducible result as well or the design, how it works if you replicate again in your lab. So from your eyes, how do you see these problems come from? If we see like a problem or issue or more effort needed, what is the core or the root of this problem? If you can imagine that. Good, Jay. I think I should, I should put it uh, this in this way. Because we have boundaries and limitations within the areas that we work, within the jobs that we work. Mm-hmm. We are in academia, we are not in industry. That's one challenge. Another challenge is industry and academia has a bit of gap. Mm-hmm. Another thing is the expectations from the roles that we take are different. Yeah. And if, if assume that these expectations and limitations are somehow uh, eliminated. So then I'm sure everyone will work for the same role, Mm -hmm. just to make human life or any species life in this world, or to make this world better, right? Yeah. They will, no one will look after, of course, publication is important, which is reporting your work, reporting your study. Mm-hmm. But what is most important thing, as we all forget most of the time, is what is that application? What is that study? What mm-hmm. is that study is doing out there or is going to do out there? Yeah. This is the most important part. Because if there is no ultimate driving goal, then we all be lost very soon. We all be lost. Yeah, this is really wise words. So, yeah. <laughs> I think this is this is this is game of the uh, game of the I don't know uh, the environment that we are yeah. all in. But I think I think I think the, this game is changing. I think yeah. everyone is so. realizing now is that we need to work towards realizing things that will help some people out there. That yeah. will help the community out there. Yeah. That will resolve a real problem out there. Yeah. Rather than we, we look at the fundamentals. Yes, I genuinely respect the fundamental research, but I also strongly support application-based research, mm-hmm. which is 
which is which is a you know driving force that you will deliver something ready to use we will deliver or you will deliver something that will you know make someone smile again mm. yeah so I would love to ask you what is the most mind blowing and scary whether robot or soft robots you have ever seen? Um, to me, is uh, I think those Android robots are still scare me <laughs> how they how they they face mimics you know uh, how they uh, work work and uh, there is also you know large desire to be very human looking like robots uh-huh. I understand mm-hmm. but. Imagine from the um, you know Terminator her movie becomes in reality mm. in one day. Imagine that you cannot distinguish a robot with a human. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think ethics is more important than uh, ever with current technological advances. Whether in what level such robots should enter our lives or imagine as just discussed if a robot can mimic human emotions. Mm-hmm. Love robots already on their way to the market, as you know. And that's another big area anyway, you know, to discuss. Yeah. Okay. So I would like to ask you when you look at the future, if just as a researcher or in your like your imagination about how you imagine soft robotics in, in, in the future in terms of like because you're interested in materials, soft materials, as smart materials. How you would imagine the future in the future or something maybe completely new for uh, Therefore, it's not developed yet, but you just imagine or dream about it in the future. I think um, there is there is a misconception uh, here, another maybe I forget about the mention mm-hmm. uh, in in one of your previous questions. Mm-hmm. That so I can put it this way. For instance, I am also highly interested in additive manufacturing as well as conventional mm-hmm. in the manufacturing techniques. Mm-hmm. So. People are asking whether additive manufacturing will take the place of conventional manufacturing. This is not possible, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, additive manufacturing will find its own way in the manufacturing lines, but also conventional manufacturing will be always required. Same as soft robotics. So now people are talking whether oh, everything will be soft. No, we cannot make mm-hmm. soft robots to fulfill every task, of course. Mm-hmm. but. What I mean is, soft robots can enter industry. As we know, uh, there is a company uh, from the United States, Soft Robotics Inc., developing uh, robotic gripper uh, units that can uh, pick and grasp and grip uh, different uh, objects Mm -hmm. that does not require, you know, highly advanced uh, control theories. And uh, also such applications can be uh, applied to any part in the industry. Yes, future is bright, but at the same time, soft robots uh, shouldn't be expected to solve all the problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is another 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 word uh, I really love to use most of the time is hybrid. Because mm-hmm. as, as human, we have all the sciences in our body, right? Yeah. We have all the all the physics, we have, we have mechanical, chemical, electrical. We we combine. We are we are the species combining all these uh, natural sciences, right? So I think uh, the soft robotics in the future will somehow will be integrated with the conventional robotics, which is that 
that the soft group applications uh, can be one. For instance, an industrial robot uh, attached uh, with, a, with a soft gripper can work. We are also developing similar concepts that one of our uh, recent studies focus on a highly conformable uh, gripper that uses metamaterial uh, principles that has specially designed uh, structural shapes that can conform its its fingers conform highly conform its its shape to the object grasp mm -hmm. so yes there are lots of lots of things uh, what can be considered in a, in a future role of soft robotics but uh, let's wait and see together yeah, no. So back to the ethics and regulation. Do you think that we have to come up with like a plan for ethics and regulation since we're dealing with some material which is toxic and such a blind? Do you think this is something is fully taken seriously in our research and the current uh, like um, the current research? How would you think about this ethics and regulation so far in robotics? I think I think this is not as has been taken seriously. Uh, this is what I can uh, mm. I can see from my point of view. Mm. I think ethics and regulations must be involved in every technology, not in soft robotics uh, only, mm. in any robotics, in any technological developments, in any area of uh, of science. As as we know, all know uh, that primary use of knife can be in kitchen, you know, use mm. to get some uh, bread, some uh, some fruits, vegetables, but it finds somehow a way to be used as a weapon, right? So mm. uh, we we discussed such an example in our um, ACES of Robotics and Ethics uh, group uh, meetings. Imagine we develop a soft robotic prosthetic hand that has functionalities greater than a human hand. So what's going to happen? So there, there have been already cases emerge, if you know, People are asking now to be amputated and fitted with prosthetic legs to be able to just run as Oscar Pistorius, the blade, as you know, uh, the blade, uh, famous blade runner, mm -hmm. just to run as him, just to run as fast as him, forgetting the hard work, forgetting the training behind, forgetting all the sweats, forgetting all the, all the work behind, and just only focusing on the object that is appearing. Yes, if you get that, you know, high functionality prosthesis, that you will do the same thing. Now, it's the hard work behind. Yeah. So regulation should be, maybe not should be, must be involved at the beginning of any design, any development of the technology. Mm. Yeah. So you are at the point where there is a gap between academia and industry and imagine that one of your city won't start up in soft robotics with a project what do you think the main criteria to have a successful uh, soft robotics company and we have examples of robotics inc as well so if yep. you can pinpoint yep. what could be the factors to have a successful company or startup i think i think uh, i'll put it in this in a, in a business perspective again I will give that uh, terminology demand supply mm -hmm. I think there is a growing demand now and growing belief from industry that research products from soft robotics can be a commercial product mm -hmm. with longer lifetime higher performance and so on and so on I'm sure you are familiar with the soft robotic grippers you know uh, 
that as we discussed uh, you know how they emerge how they start up how they mm-hmm. how they are growing right now it is it is it is the multidisciplinary it is the it is the uh, communication it is the the working together so if there is no demand from the industry how come you know researchers or any engineers will deliver that uh, that 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 concept so yeah i think really depends on the demand uh, yeah. that because otherwise uh, it it comes back to the conventional design that is blindly assuming design criteria and developing the device then afterwards trying to find the potential market for that i think users should be engaged the demand should be present at the beginning mm-hmm. so rather than yes we are replicating our biological counterparts using software already applications but the thing is what is going to do that that robot mm-hmm. what is going to solve so what problem it will tackle yeah. what is the great challenge so mm-hmm. the bigger the challenge it solves the better the opportunity i believe yeah. so yeah i think industry industry is seeing now with lots of research products that coming coming into the light yeah yeah so when you speak with family or friends about robotics what do you really think about robotics are they excited or just not interested what's their ex- reaction about that I think um all right maybe I can I can uh, uh explain one of the uh experience that I have here in the, at the UOW. Yeah. So we had the a science communication workshop. Yeah. So um in that science communication workshop we were trying to find the way how to communicate mm-hmm. as a as a because with a technical background we always communicate with technical terminology as you know. Mm-hmm. So we were working on how to engage larger community how to mm-hmm. attract uh, people from different fields that are not having a technical background not scientific background uh, so how can we communicate our scientific studies then we come up with the idea that instead of calling soft robots we call them squishy robots mm-hmm. i think uh, people think of the soft robots as maybe like toys mm-hmm. isn't that you know partially true like uh they are soft they can be squished mm-hmm. yes but the thing is uh they that 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 is also another uh misconception that uh soft robots cannot deliver uh force high force efforts yeah but but if it's if it's uh it again depending on the design criteria so i think uh, there is a misconception or like people think about the soft robotic as as toys mm-hmm. maybe maybe making uh, biological counterparts okay yeah <laughs> so here is a question about we have every time that how we can make sure that advanced robotics in the long run will not lead to social inequality social inequality do you think this term is true or not um it's maybe true so, and and partially yes partially not let's mm-hmm. put it uh, the, the, this way this is a you know challenging question of course so i'm not sure i can answer you know this uh, question effectively but i will try my best mm-hmm. so think about uh, some parts 
that uh, that are involved in the uh, advanced uh, in an advanced robot, which are highly expensive, depending on the expected outcomes, etc. Just the parts itself might cause high prices. Besides, thinking overall the development of, development process of that robot, you know, or the study or the product, that will inform you know the overall price. So that price somehow will reflect that uh, affordability. I hope we will work with you know some other parties to find a way that developed technologies will be benefited in any level of the in, from the community. I mean, yes, another part of that soft robotic prosthetic project that we are working on, uh, we are targeting to uh, deliver a low cost. Mm-hmm. That's another another design criteria of ours. Mm-hmm. Low cost prosthetic hand. But the thing is, once we start looking at the amount of effort and research put behind in that project, that will certainly increase the price. But the thing is, that price is already eliminated by the research funding by the government, ARC Centre of Excellence. Mm-hmm. So such methods, such uh, funding or or government schemes can can be can be you know somehow eliminate eliminate that affordability. So bring that social inequality to in a in a level that people can also afford uh, such advanced robots. Yeah. So uh, I would like to ask you how how do you think about ego? Is it important for the researcher? Okay, um, I think uh, this you know usually we, usually people react like oh ego just mm. don't worry just don't don't have an ego. Mm. But we may put ego I think in two different directions. Okay, one one is for self esteem, self drive, which is certainly needed not for a researcher, but as you know, for anyone in this world. If you don't have the motivation, then it's most likely you don't like it, what you are doing. Mm-hmm. Most likely the outcomes that you will create, you will generate, you will produce, will not be worth it for mm-hmm. what you are doing. I call myself one of the lucky ones <laughs> on this world. I truly enjoy working with like-minded people at the University of Wollongong, mm-hmm. either in, in our uh, Amber group or soft robotics group within ACES. The second part of the ego, that uh, second meaning of the ego, mm-hmm. as, as many people assume, is in the direction of the selfishness. It's mm. maybe over self-esteem. I don't know what's the right words to uh, express this, but um, I also understand the motivation behind, but we should all lose such ego. Yes, we need a driving motivation, but we are better when we team up. Mm-hmm. bringing multiple expertise together to me realizing the idea is way more important than anything else i mean doesn't matter who does the job doesn't matter who helps but the matter is whether we solve the problem if that idea provides a solution to a global challenge then that's the important part isn't it yeah yeah so do you have any robot at your home uh, what kind of robot you would imagine to you can will have i mean yes i i should i should i should say yes i i can say no again for this question <laughs> okay. because what i mean is you know there is again that misconception that robot uh there's a robot walking around in my house it's not an android robot of course but isn't that any devices nowadays 
they're you know a level of such a robot like mm-hmm. our cars our washing machines or any 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 programmed devices they do their tasks without without our intervention i'm not talking about you know smart houses of course that pretty much uh, everything is automated i cannot imagine that you know an ai embedded smart house mm-hmm. turning your air conditioner on before you arrive or even start cooking your favorite dish yeah. these are already realities you know but a robot uh, making decision on behalf of you is a little scary to me mm-hmm. still i think we have a, a bit of way to get used to that uh, idea it's... this is another big topic of course as i mentioned before yeah. which should be you know uh discuss with ethics community certainly i have of course i have um, another robot robot like we may call those uh mm. robot vacuum cleaners mm-hmm. given uh, given to us as a as a present mm-hmm. yes it works but sometimes we fight it we fight with it uh, if if it catches some of the cables on the ground <laughs> that my kids uh, <laughs> left after after they play games everything's come comes with a limit i suppose <laughs> <laughs> So I would like to ask you, what is the most inspiring book have you ever read? Um, the most inspired, inspired, inspired book, you ask? Uh, yeah. I, I'm quite interested in uh, how brain works. Mm. My, back, my background, all, 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 uh, although my background is engineering, but I think the brain is uh, one of the most important part on our bodies. And that is very, very, very highly advanced species, I believe. Mm. And how memory works, how our intentions work, how our uh, subconscious mind works. Yeah. As you know, our mind has conscious mind and subconscious mind. That is, you know, conscious mind is learning mind and subconscious mind is our automated, our maybe, you know, called like, artificial intelligence or intelligence side mm. that is automated that mm. is working for us that is the attitude that is the habits working for us that uh, is better I, I should not uh, give the details of the book but it was certainly about the memory and how the mind works mm-hmm. what the name of this book the name oh. uh, memory the, the, the name okay. of the book is just the memory memory okay yeah Great. So as you are a teacher supervisor, what are the main qualities you're looking for the student who joining the project? I think to me is the attitude uh, is not everything, but almost everything. Because mm-hmm. if you have the right attitude, desire to learn, desire to help others, desire to solve some global challenges, no matter what, not today maybe, not one month later, but in your lifetime that if you have that desire that open-minded and open to learn from your mistakes to grow and get in a level that you will serve for the community that is pretty much for me is everything Mm -hmm. i mean of course you need to have some skill sets but the thing is skill sets can be learned yeah as you know but if you don't have the right attitude that is uh just all the skills will be wasted in my opinion mm-hmm. yeah so the last question what what is the best advice was given to you and was life changing was it personally or professionally 
Um, I think uh, all the advices uh, I was given were the best to me. Mm. <laughs> if I if if I if I need to put one down is persistency. Mm. I really love this word because anyone in the academia, anyone in into do something, they need to get that persistency. Research requires persistency. Without losing hope, persistency working towards the goal. Yeah. It's not a month, it's not a year thing. It's a lifestyle, in yeah. my opinion. So once you get this right, then difficulties does not seem to you as roadblocks, but mm. make you see them as challenges, as opportunities every day. Every day it just inspires you to you know, continue to do research, mm. to, to work with people, to, to explore new things, to seek people that can input to the projects that you are working, to, mm. that you are trying to solve some problems globally. Yeah, I can't agree more on that. So finally, uh, do you have any final words to solve for Baltic's community? I think I might uh, close with a, with a kind of a little slogan, so I can say, Let's work together for superior solutions. Yeah. I think collaboration is the most important and key to fulfill and do things that cannot be achieved individually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. So at the end of the podcast on behalf of Atrabliff Software Robotics CC, I would like to thank you for your time. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Mo. Thanks thank so you. much. So Thanks.